Welcome to MoneyWeb Now. Business news every morning. It's Friday, 23 December. I'm Simon Brown, coming at you loud and recorded from the MoneyWeb studios in Houghton, Johannesburg. On the show today, Derek Janssen von Rendsburg from Anchor Capital. Some of those smaller, mid-sized JSC stocks often get overlooked but can deliver some great returns, and certainly that was the case this year. Carmen Meparani, she now of Sunlum Investments. A tough year, but certainly, again, good returns were possible if you knew where to look. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Trading with uh, Derek Jensen von Rensburg here, of course, from Anchor Capital. Derek, appreciate the time today uh, looking at the market. I mean, I've, if I look at the mid-cap index, it, it's kind of flattish year to date, tracking top 40. Of course, uh, it's showing really, fairly cheap, but I mean, it doesn't tell the story. It's been a, a much rougher year than perhaps some of the indices look. Absolutely. I think if we just look back on the year, it certainly has been somewhat of a wild ride. A lot of volatility, um, you know, things coming down quite sharply. And I think just looking back over the last six to eight weeks, we were certainly helped out by a bit of a rally in some of the resources, particularly those diversified miners, Billitons, Glencores, as well as uh, the Anglos. And then also NASPA some process coming to mm-hmm. the party, you know, just looking at that 10 cent price bottoming at about 200 Hong Kong dollars a share and bouncing back quite sharply over the last sort of six weeks to this sort of, you know, 315 odd level. So that certainly helped uh, the local boss bounce back or, or you know, show, show relatively um Decent gains for the year, but it, it took a lot to get there into the last bit of this year. So, <laughs> it has so, yeah. taken a lot. Yeah, it, it, it's been a year. I mean, in digging into some of those returns, I mean, there, there's some, I mean, in, in the mid cap, there's some great green returns. Exoros there, Fortress, Woolies and the like. But if you flip the, the table the other way around, a fair bunch of red and some of them, I mean, they, they stand out to me as quality stocks. I mean, Aspen, Coronation, Transaction, uh, stocks that have been sold off in excess of 20, 30% in some cases. Yes. So I think, you know, on one side or on one hand, you've got a basket of stocks really helping the index and pushing it forward. But certainly through the course of this year, you've had some big quality names that have unwound, uh, probably looking decently priced just from a valuation perspective. But, um, you know, any highly valued stocks in, in the course of 2022 have re-rated down to lesser PEs. And I think that sort of talks to the likes of an Aspen. Obviously, they've had their own headwinds that they've had to deal with in terms of the sort of COVID rollouts into mm-hmm. Africa with their, with their Quebec plants. Yeah, so obviously on the transaction capital side of things, we've seen, uh, you know, a highly rated stock from a PE perspective unwound. Um, quite sharply. I think it peaked at around 50-odd rand a share and sort of dropping down towards that sort of 35 rand a share. That's also on the back of very strong results. Uh, they're recently reported, and I think you've seen some decent double-digit growth there. But just the kind of market there that, you know, highly valued companies come down to sort of more palatable valuations, and I think that talks to the transaction capital side of things. Yeah, as you point out there, some, I mean, some, some quality companies and, and some of them have actually really good numbers. Any, any of that stand out to you in, in, in the small sort of mid-cap SA Inc. space that really sort of worth having a, a second look at for, for, for next year or, or perhaps worth staying well away from? No, I think there certainly is some value in that smaller cap space. Uh, one stock that I've been doing 
bit of homework on, which I think is quite well poised to give you some further upside, is Stadio, which obviously operates in that tertiary mm-hmm. education space. Um, you know, there certainly is a leveraged effect here as you start to see, uh, you know, new students come on board, um, a very clean business model from a cost perspective. And I think there's some margin of safety even around the sort of four and 30 odd price. Um, it certainly is a little bit more of a 12 to 8 month, even 24 month type, um, you know, entry point. But I do think you should higher levels in the likes of a Stadio. Um, so yeah, I think looking forward, it's actually quite fairly priced and you've got to price in the sort of earnings tick up that I foresee over the next 12, 18 and 24 months going forward. Yeah, uh, I, I take your point on that. And and, and what about Outsurance? So, so they've uh, uh, sort of re- renamed themselves to Outsurance. They were RMR. They're now there and 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 trading as Outsurance. New to the well, not new. It's been around forever. New as a standalone stock. Is that something that's that's potentially of interest? Look, it certainly is a stock or a company that's got a decent amount of market share from a South African perspective, and they've. They've certainly, um, you know, it's a really well-known SA brand, to, to call it that. Mm. Um, I think that, um, you know, going forward, you know, insurers are always very tricky. You know, there's all sorts of moving parts to how you account for profitability going forward, uh, you know, and it does certainly take one or two sort of shock events that kind of can impact mm. earnings in a very short space of time. Um, you know, you compare it to the likes of an old mutual or a Sunlam, you know, particularly on the insurance side of things, uh, you know, those stocks haven't performed very well this year. Mm. So my sort of synopsis on insurance is I like the business. I like the presence it's got from a South African context, but I'd like to see uh, a few more uh, sort of interims and finals delivered to the market to start making an assessment as to, where the stock should be priced. But, you know, markets are efficient. It probably is fairly priced around these levels at 29 on Rand a share. Um, but I'm keeping an eye on it, and I'm going to be patient before I pull the trigger. Okay, fair shot on that. Uh, another year, of course, of, of delistings. I mean, Alviva Springs to mind, which was a, a really great little company. Um, but, of course, you know, the, the, often in the small cap space, markets don't seem so efficient, and the stocks are just too cheap. My sense is probably more delistings in the new year, a trend likely to continue? Yeah, absolutely. I think in that illiquid space of the market, it's almost become somewhat of a hunting ground for private equity because you're getting these very attractive valuations, good quality businesses, um, and you, you're getting some, some decent upside when deals are announced and when things do delist. So, you know, just given the backdrop of a very tough 2022, the valuations on some of these stocks have just sort of come down to these levels that are very attractive, that make sense to dealers, whether it's management buyouts or private equity companies coming to look at the space. I think it's a, a trend that's going to continue, you know. So anything that's got uh, low levels of illiquidity, but really strong balance sheets and good earnings profiles looking forward, uh, you're going to see that hunting ground continue. And I think you're going to see a slew of further delistings as we move through the course of 2023. Is there an investment case? And as I'm asking the question, I think my answer is probably no, but let me put it out there. An investment case for, for looking at some of those potential delistings, or is it a case of still just buy quality and if they get delisted, you, you get the short-term boost, but sort of don't go out and make a portfolio of potential? Yeah, I would be. I would advocate being quite careful because, uh, you know, you, you've really – 
you've you've got to stick to valuations. Yeah. And if you do if you do get that uptick of a potential buyout or a premium to market price on an announcement, that's just a cherry on top. I think the focus really has to be to invest in companies with sort of good forecasts in terms of cash flows and and revenue generation looking forward. And if there is corporate activity around those fringes, then that's you yeah. know, your cherry on top. So stick to the fundamentals. Keep your eye on the ball. Um, you know, but there is certainly opportunities in that space to keep an eye on. We leave it there. Derek Hansen from Rensburg Anchor Capital. Derek, appreciate the time today and over the early mornings of the year. There's no postponing the inevitable. Your money knew this day would come. And you know what? It can hardly wait to start giving some back to you. When you invest in Stanlib's fixed income funds, you can retire earning a regular income off your investments. Invest for more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. I'm chatting with Carmen Mepawani. Uh, she now of Sunlam Investments. Carmen, appreciate the time this morning. Uh, 2022, I mean, it feels a lot better than perhaps it was. There certainly has been uh, some some really good stocks and and sectors. I mean, most notably financials and perhaps the the dirty energy stocks that have actually performed quite well. They have. Um, I would have expected us to be a lot worse off. I think had you asked me in March uh, when <laughs> it felt like the world was imploding. Um, add into that all the inflationary risk, etc. Uh, yeah, I think we we got off lightly as it seems, but we do have a few days left in the year. There is still time in the year. I take the point on that. <laughs> in many senses, this was sort of the year when when you and your team are out there, sort of earning your straps. This is a, a stock picker's market. If I look at the index overall, it's slightly green, nothing particularly thrilling. But, but if you had the right ones, I mean, Thungela springs to mind, and I know we spoke about that earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, you know, I know that there's a big, big drive to, as you've mentioned, cleaner energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tungela was one of those that was probably positioned on the opposite side of the spectrum or the argument in respect of that. But just based on what was happening and the dynamics in the market and demand, etc., we saw a definite support from elevated commodity, certain elevated commodity prices. Uh, which bode really, really well um, for the dirty energy, as you said. Uh, and I think that what we have seen is, um, as you've mentioned, is definitely stock picking. There have been those that, for example, Mediclinic as well, that was uh, mm-hmm. bought out by a consortium, and you know, that share price just rocketed compared to its peers. Uh, but it's it's been very, very interesting. If if we look forward to next year, I mean, w- one of the themes which faded a bit this year was commodities more generally. And, of course, those are fairly dominant on our market, PGMs, gold, uh, non-sort of coal. But, but my sense, China sort of coming back a bit, we still haven't got a lot of new capacity coming on stream. Is there still opportunity in, in commodities broadly into the new year? Yeah, I think that's the key thing that you mentioned is China. I think at this point, the market is so uncertain of the way forward for China. If it does reopen, we're going to see a an avalanche of demand is how I probably would describe it. So demand for traveling, demand for uh, shopping, etc., um, which may give us a significant boost to global GDP. So 
Our number that we predict probably is going to be pushed up slightly um, by China if it reopens completely, which it does seem to be looking like. Um, so talking about the commodities, that's a direct read through uh, for those commodities because we will we'll see demand um, uptick significantly. And uh, so we'll definitely have a, a, a read through to, to the commodities and support levels. And having said that, what we are seeing at the moment as well is that a lot of the supply coming out of the miners has been tempered due to the uh, weaker commodity prices. And so that, too, will give some support in terms of the supply-demand dynamics going forward. What about banks? I mean, they were the, the classic banks don't mind higher interest rates. They actually can make money in that space. We've seen it happen. It was one of the, the, the good sectors. I mean, the banks are never going to be shooting the lights out sort of a la Thongela or something like that. But good returns, uh, really nice dividends coming back from the banks and, and more opportunity in twenty three. Yeah, as you mentioned again, you know, the inflated or uh, elevated interest rates definitely gives the banks a boost. Add on to that, the continued unwind of the provisions from COVID era as well, definitely giving the banks support. So it would appear that it was probably going to be the sector to lead into the beginning of next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and something just to watch in terms of, you know, do we temper or do we start flattening out on the interest rates? Does it start coming down and then it's probably an inflection point for the banks at that point? Of course, I hadn't thought of that. At some point, I mean, interest rates can't stay high forever. A, a, a last question, and I saved the really hard one for lost property, listed property, <laughs> REITs. Um, <laughs> although some of the REITs are done okay, there are a lot of attractive valuations in terms of discount to NAV and, and yield. Office, well, office is still just really struggling. Uh, how are you looking at, at the REIT space? Yeah, it is a bit of a mixed bag and it definitely does depend on what's included in the portfolio. So whether it's, uh, for example, on the shopping mall side, whether it's on the industrial side or whether, as you've mentioned, on the office side as well. I'm still very, very cautious. We are seeing vacancies come down in certain uh, portfolio mm-hmm. of assets and a reduction in terms of the discount to NAV. But I think that at this point, um, probably still very, very cautious, as I said, but also there's better place to put the money. So <laughs> I am going to sit on the fence on this one and continue to watch and see if there is any improvement on the vacancy side. Um, we are seeing rental inversions sort of reducing and, and being in the favor of the REITs as well. So if that trend does continue, then, you know, there, there may be a, a good entry point for, for these property, for the property sector. Okay, now I take a point. And offense isn't always the worst place to be, particularly in markets. We'll leave it there. <laughs> That's Carmen Mepawani, Sunlam Investments. Carmen, appreciate the time today and during the course of the year. Thanks very much. Your money gives a damn. If it could protest and sign petitions, your money would. But your money can do more than that. When you invest in Stanlib's Infrastructure Investment Fund, beyond getting solid returns, you are helping to build a more sustainable future through job creation and positive economic growth. Damn right you are. Invest for more impact at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. That's it for today. That's it for the year. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We've been live every weekday morning. The MoneyWeb website and the app, 6.30 a.m. Podcast just after 7. We're now on break. We will be back on the 9th of January. 
Thanks to my team, Eddie Nobokhle, Nicole, to you for listening. My guests for their time. My name is Simon Brown. This is Money Web Now. Look after yourself, and if you can, look after somebody else as well. Listen to the live stream of MoneyWeb Now at the same time every weekday. For more business, finance, and investment news, MoneyWeb Now on the Money. Also available on podcast.